Hello everyone, it's Bill Thompson, T-Bill, and welcome to Plain Market Talk, where I will provide a straightforward interpretation and analysis of current market news based on my background as a retired Wall Street stockbroker with almost 50 years of experience. And I will also provide business lessons to help you become much more successful with your personal finance, trading, and investments. So let's get started. Hey everyone, it's Bill Thompson, T-Bill. Welcome to Plain Market Talk. Today is Thursday, July 28, 2022. Okay, it's 2.09 in the afternoon Eastern Time. We'll take a look at what's going on with the markets. They are up. Uh, Federal Reserve raised interest rates by three quarters of a percent yesterday, lower than the expected 1%. We'll talk about what's going on, the possible reason for that. And we'll look at a few comments they made on their Fed policy statement. We had an economic report come out today that by a textbook definition says we are now officially in a recession. And that's what the media is talking about. The reality, though, is a little bit more to it than that. We may or may not be in a recession. And chances are we probably are actually not. We'll take a look at some of the corporate earnings that have come out over the last few days. Uh, also an indication um, from Walmart, of all places, that inflation may be beginning to slow down. And also, we have a stock that is halted right now. It's been halted since uh, 10.30 this morning after losing 50% of its value. So we'll talk about what goes on with a trading halt and which company that is. Uh, the Mega Millions Power uh, Ball is now, or whatever it's called, Mega Millions, over a billion dollars. Saw an article as to what are the 10 best states to actually win the lottery since you don't pay a state income tax. And also, um, we'll talk about whatever else we might have time for today. Now, I've been talking about the stock market crash in 1929 and the Great Depression 1930s. So um, the next thing I'm going to cover is the New Deal programs. A lot of them still with us today, but I think I'll hold that off to the next session because I want to talk about some of this other stuff. Okay, so the markets were up yesterday. Uh, they like that Fed announcement. Interest rates not up quite as much as expected. Uh, and so right now, they're up again today. Dow Jones Industrial Average up 1.02%. S&P 500 up 1.12%. NASDAQ Composite up 0.81%. Yeah, Federal Reserve uh, basically has been raising interest rates to try to slow the economy down and bring inflation under control. And with the high inflation reports showing inflation running at an annualized rate of 9.1% in June, higher than expected, it was thought the Federal Reserve would raise interest rates by 1% to slow the economy down, but they have to balance it not to throw the economy into a severe recession either. See, the challenge the Fed, as it's called, has these economic reports it looks at uh, are, are constantly being revised upwards of five years. So the information they're looking at may or may not be 100% valid. And then when they make a change in interest rates as well as the money supply, they don't begin to see the results for about nine months. So it's a balancing act they do. Uh, if anybody's ever interested in where are the economic reports that the Federal Reserve looks at, they're available to the public also. Generally, three websites. One is BEA.com, BEA.gov, sorry, GOV, government, Bureau of Economic Analysis, so boy, Edward Apple, uh, period, GOV. Uh, another one's BLS.gov, Bureau of Labor Statistics, boy, Larry Sam. 
And the other one's cbo.gov, uh, Congressional Budget Office, uh, Charlie Boy Oscar, uh, gov. All right. So uh, basically, the Federal Reserve, there, there was a key here. First of all, Walmart. Walmart, it was noticed a few days ago, uh, has suddenly began offering additional sales than what they previously announced. Feeling is they have excess inventory, and they are trying to get rid of their excess inventory. Well, here's why that's looked at as anti-inflationary. Uh, consumer spending is 70% of the U.S. economy. And obviously, with the, it doesn't take much to figure out with the higher gas prices and higher food prices, consumers are having to spend more of their budget on those two things and less money on other things. But with 70% of the economy being consumer spending, this may be beginning to take off some inflationary pressures. So the fact that Walmart has excess inventory uh, is letting the markets know that, yeah, maybe inflation's beginning to come down. You know, I talked about this a couple of weeks ago. I would not be surprised that when the inflation numbers come out for July, which we should get in about two weeks, that they are going to show inflation is starting to come down. I wouldn't be surprised by that at all, The um, down from that 9.1% annualized rate uh, the month before. So we're, we're looking at that. And the Federal Reserve may be you know, interpreting some of that also. All right, so what they did, they had their Federal Open Market Committee meeting yesterday. And at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, Eastern Time, they announced they were raising interest rates three-quarters of a percent. Okay, so here's a few comments from their policy statement. If you ever want to read it yourself, you go to federalreserve.gov, click on monetary policy. It's one of the headings up top. Then click on FOMC uh, calendar, Federal Open Market Committee, and go down to the meeting and you can click on the notes itself. All right, so here's what it says. I'm just going to read just parts of it for you. All right, recent indications of spending and production have softened. All right, that, that's an indication consumer spending is slowing down. Um, that's anti-inflationary. Nevertheless, job gains have been robust in recent months. The unemployment rate has remained low. That is correct. There's still a lot of unfilled jobs out there. It says inflation remains elevated, reflecting supply and demand imbalances related to the pandemic. That's supply chain issues, not enough workers at companies. Uh, also, higher food and energy prices and broader price uh, pressures. All right, we know all that. Uh, it talks about the war in Ukraine uh, causing tremendous human economic hardship, no doubt about that. Uh, and it's talking about how that's creating upwards pressure on inflation. That is correct, cutting off of grain supplies, uh, Russian oil, and so forth. And then it says here the committee is highly attentive, uh, attentive to inflation risk. All right, but here's the key sentence. It's down below here. Uh, in assessing the appropriate stance of monetary policy, the committee will continue to monitor the implications of incoming information for the economic outlook. That's a standard statement. Here it is. The key sentence is right here. The committee would be prepared to adjust the stance of monetary policy as appropriate if risk emerge. That's it right there. That could impede the attainment of the committee's goals. If risk emerge, basically they're saying if they see the economy slowing down more than anticipated, they will cut back on um, these interest rate increases. So that's what the market was looking at right there. So anyway, then they issue a few more uh, standard statements. All right, what's this economic report the media is saying shows we're now in recession? Gross domestic product. Uh, basically, it's known as GDP. It's the value of all products and services produced in a country in a year. United States, with the world's largest economy, it's about $23 trillion in a year. Anyway, a textbook definition of a recession is two consecutive calendar quarters of declining GDP or shrinking economy. 
Economy was down 1.6% in the first quarter. That's an annualized number, by the way. You, you take what it was really down, multiply by four. It's not exactly multiply by four, but close enough. So anyway, all right, so it showed the second quarter down 0.9%. So there it is, textbook definition of a recession. And the media is saying we're officially in recession. Not quite. Uh, the actual definition of a recession is actually what a lot of economists look at. It's a government agency you may not be familiar with, the National Bureau of Economic Research. They're the ones that make determinations if we're in a recession or not, and they're not going to be issuing a statement on the first half of the year for, for probably another few weeks, another couple of months. But here, here's why many economists think we're not actually in a recession, regardless of that GDP number. It's the labor numbers. See, normally in a recession, you have job loss. Unemployment rates are going up, uh, less and less jobs one month to another. We're seeing the opposite. Uh, we're seeing some of the lowest uh, unemployment numbers we've seen in decades. We're still seeing millions of unfilled positions. We're also seeing consumer spending still high, even though it's, a lot of it shifted from, you know, uh, to gas and Food, but it, the overall numbers are still high, and businesses are still investing for the future, uh, especially coming out of COVID. So basically, those numbers are showing the economy is actually strong, and we may not be in a recession. So that's my guess: is we're probably not actually in a recession, and those GDP numbers might even be revised going forward. So they tend to be revised quite a bit. So I don't know if we're really in a recession right now. It looks like. Overall, things are fairly strong, but you know some sectors are stronger than others. All right, so we had that news. Okay, so let's look at corporate earnings, and then we'll talk about states that might be the better ones to win the lottery. All right, so we have the five big technology companies reporting this week, uh, Microsoft, uh, Facebook, Google, Apple, and Amazon. Uh, also, we had Walmart, the world's largest corporation. The reason I wanted to mention Walmart, we had a lot of other companies reporting also, but uh, Walmart, you know, I've talked about this in the past. The market tends to overreact to things, particularly on the uh, downside. Okay, so Walmart's a classic example. Uh, they reported their earnings Monday close of business, um, and they indicated the second half of the year they're seeing a slowdown in spending. I mean, they'll still be profitable. But anyway, what happened before the earnings were released, the stock was $132 a share. It promptly, over market overreacted within hours, took it down to $120 a share. Right now, it's $130 a share, $130.07. It's made back almost all the losses. So, all right, so we had that. Uh, then Google, I mean, they officially called themselves Alphabet, but they still trade under the symbol Goog, G-O-O-G. Walmart's trading symbols, W-M-T, by the way, Wal uh, W, William, Mary, Tom. Anyway, all right, so Google's numbers, Alphabet, whatever you want to call it, were actually pretty good as far as the market was concerned. So before their earnings release, they were at $105 a share. They're sitting at $114 a share right now, Okay. Microsoft came in better than expected. MSFT, Mary, Sam, Frank, Tom from Microsoft. Okay, before their earnings release, they were sitting at $251 a share. They're sitting at $277 a share right now. Apple, AAPL, Apple, Apple, Paul, Larry. Uh, their numbers were expected to be pretty good, and they actually are, were pretty good. Uh, so before their earnings release, they were at $151 a share. They're at $157 a share. 
Now, on the opposite side, Facebook, they call themselves Meta. They have now officially changed their symbol from FB for Facebook to Meta, Mary Edward Tom Apple. Okay, they announced uh, they're having some uh, issues with, um, well, not subscriber growth. It was issues, uh, they may have that too. It was more issues with some of the advertising numbers and just overall uh, numbers did not come in quite as expected. There's rumors of a lot of employee discontent at this company also, so let's see what's going on with that. But anyway... They were $170 before the release of the earnings, sitting at $157 right now. So, uh, again, I don't know if that's an overreaction. They are having some real issues there. And then Amazon, AMZN, Apple, Mary, Zebra, Nancy, they will be reporting at the close of business today. So, some challenges Amazon has had. I mean, their sales numbers are great. That, that's not a problem. Uh, but they've had some issues where they're paying higher, obviously, delivery costs with the gas prices. They've had some issues, lots of returns coming back to them also. And, you know, obviously, people have been getting out to stores more often, too, you know, with, um, you know, economy reopening after COVID. So we'll have to keep an eye on Amazon. All right. So, uh, yeah, uh, if you win, hopefully any of you hearing the voice would either win Mega Millions or some kind of lottery. Uh you know, in the last session, I talked about the importance of going to a law firm first. Try not to tell, like, anybody if you can and why uh, you don't want to sign the lottery ticket uh, until you check with a lawyer. Uh, take a picture of the front and back of it. Email it to yourself. That's the proof you have the winning ticket. And let the law firms tell you what to do. And I recommend probably find a big law firm near, near where you live and one that has lawyers that specialize in wealth management. The reason I say don't sign the ticket some states may allow you to win that set up a trust. The trust would win the lottery if you don't sign the ticket. And then you're the secret owner of the trust, keeps your identity hidden. All right. Uh, however, a lot of states have a state income tax. You're going to pay federal income tax regardless of um, you know, where, uh, where you are winning the lottery. Uh, we have eight states, however, that uh, mostly, I think all eight of these don't have a state income tax. Uh, but anyway, here they are Florida, New Hampshire. Nevada or Nevada, I know it's pronounced two ways, South Dakota, Tennessee, Texas, Washington State, and Wyoming. California and Delaware have state income taxes, but apparently they don't tax lottery winnings. Now, here's the thing. So those would be the ones. I know if you're in New York, if you're in New York City and you win a lottery, it's like another 13% in, in state and city income taxes you pay. Now, obviously, with mega million being over a billion dollars, you know, almost like what's the difference? But, you know, if it's a smaller lottery, a few hundred thousand dollars or something or a million or so, yeah, that, that could start to make, you know, a, enough of a difference. Um so here's the thing. Uh, I see different, even this article on CNBC, it seems to like be saying one thing in one part of the article, another in another. I was always told in the past it depended on your, your residence. Where do you live? Where, were you, where was your legal residence at the time you won the lottery? And that is what you're taxed under. So if you live in New York, you're taxed under, and then move to Florida to collect the money, it's still taxed under New York income tax. However, this article says it also has to do with where did you buy it. So I, that's new to me. Uh, they said it's either the state you bought the ticket in or not where you cashed it in, where you bought it. And the lottery, people can figure out where the ticket was bought easy enough because uh, the retailers, they get a cash bonus for selling the winning lottery ticket. It says it's the higher of either the state you bought it in 
or where you live. So I don't know if that's true. Um, somebody, I saw another article said it's based on where you cashed it in. I don't think that's true. Uh, but yeah, anyway, so I guess those are the states. But, you know, I remember back when we had lottery winners, occasionally some of them would say to us, is there any way I could avoid paying any income tax at all? And you go, oh, yeah, give all the money away to a charity. I, and you don't pay anything. But they usually didn't take that option, but but that is an option. So, all right, so we're going to wrap things up for today. Uh, again, on our next session, I'll get back to talking about the New Deal program in the 1930s. The reason I've been doing that, I had some questions come up just recently as to, you know, with the economic situations we've been running into, are we in danger of going into another Great Depression like the 1930s? No, not really. That was an aberration. Uh, there, there's too many reasons why we would not go into that again. But anyway, we'll talk about some of those programs put in place. All right. So hope everyone's doing well. Wrap it up for today. This is Bill Thompson, T-Bill, and I'll talk to everybody again soon. Take care. See ya.